Hey everyone, welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany Blackman. How are you doing out there today? I am so excited to talk to you because we're going to talk about a lot of fun things. We're going to get a little sciencey today, which is you all know out of my comfort zone, but we're going there. And today I have in the studio Stacy Danford with the Grateful Brain. Stacy Danford, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's so good to see you. I am so excited. I want you all to go to her Instagram. It is beautiful. Full. You are so full of color. I just, I just love it. I try to bubble from the inside out. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Bring it out. Bring it out. Absolutely. Well, we have recently met through social media, through Liz Diane, which we both adore. And so I said, have her on the show. And I'm so intrigued because everyone, everyone just listen. She is a neuroscientist. Can you believe it? I am in the room with a neuroscientist. None of you would have thought that would have ever happened. My producer, Paul, is shaking his head. He was so shocked. So welcome. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. So I am so excited to dive into this, but I'm going to give a little bit of your background. Um, you are the Grateful Brain. Yes. That is your website. And you were a classroom teacher for 25 years. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Education. Long, long time. Are you, um, we're going to have to hit on this, Are you? are you happy you're not in right now with the COVID yes. going on? I, I, my personality doesn't do well with being told what to do. <laughs> uh -oh. And it's okay when I was in the classroom, you know, you get a few rolls from the principal and then you just go in your room and shut the door. But there's so many right now that I know me personally, I would not do well with that. There's so many rules, yeah. right? It's so, we just did the first day of virtual junior high today. That's right. Your son. Yes. And I was like, Son, um, I don't really know, but I think there's a problem. He has three classes scheduled for second period, none for third, none for fifth, none for sixth, and then two for seventh. What? <laughs> I said, I think there may be a problem. Right. Yeah. The structure is just so Crazy. odd. And I feel bad for them because I know, and my son's a teacher, my big son. And I said, you know, I know they're doing the best they can. It's just... Right. It's crazy right now. Okay, so you have three children, two yes. boys and a girl. So you have your son that's married, yes. right? He's and 30. He's a, he's a teacher? Yes, he's oh. a coach. Uh -huh. Oh, good. Okay, so he's a coach. And I have to take a peek because on YouTube is his engagement yes. to his now wife at Cowboys. So it was... Yes. It, she was a Dallas Cowboy dancer. There it is. Yeah, Okay. Rhythm and Blue. And he bought her an engagement ring a year before when she tried out for the oh. Rhythm and Blue. And I told him, I said, son, if you ever do anything, please listen to me. I said, let that girl have her dream. And yes. I said, because she will stop what she's doing and marry you. And then 20 years later, oh. she's going to hold it against you. So he kept the ring under his sink in a little box for a year. You're kidding. And she did the rhythm and blue and they had to go all the way up to the top to get the get it okayed with the Cowboys, but, sure. but it was the last home game and, uh, he wanted to propose to her and they had it all set up and we were all there How and cool. the, she thought we all came cause it was the, her last, you know, mm -hmm. home game and it was precious and they had him come out and you know, the, the Cowboys are really strict about what you can say and who you can talk to during the game. And she was in the middle of her dance, and then he comes out from the back of the stage, and she just looks up, and he's standing there, and she's she starts backing away from him, like, oh, what are no. you doing here? <laughs> oh, no. And then they stopped the music and started playing, you know, Will You Marry Me? And he got down on his knee, and the oh, whole, the, and it was live on the, you know, the Jumbotron, and it was precious. It was, and, and you, okay, so this, as a mom, you and I are similar ages, and as a mom, um, I don't think there's anyone good enough for my uh, daughter. I really don't. But you are oh, telling she me. she is. She is. I could not have handpicked anybody better. She is 
a doll and she's beautiful and gorgeous and could easily just be snotty. And sure. she is a doll. Okay. And she can wear, you know, we call them fat pants at our house after we eat Thanksgiving. Sure. And we're like, all right, it's fat pants time. <laughs> and, you know, she'll put on the grubbies and clean and, or she can just look like she walked out of Vogue and, That's and her heart is as kind as her beauty. I couldn't ask for better. Well, I have to say as a mom, there's no, I mean, that's, that is the pie in the sky for yeah. me, for her, to, my child to be happy. So you have a daughter that's a nurse, ICU nurse. Yes, ICU in okay. Florida. Okay. In Florida. That's right. How's yeah, that? I hate it. Oh, no. She just moved. Um, it'll be two years in November. Oh, wow. And she's always been my Spitfire kid. Mm-hmm. And she said she wanted to go do travel nursing. And so I was like, oh, okay. And she was going to go just for a few months and she's been there two years. Oh gosh. And she just bought a beautiful house she's on the Mayaka river. She's staying. Yes. Okay. And then, so your son is 30. Your, 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 your daughter is 27 and you're okay, girl. And then I have a 12 year old. <laughs> Okay. That was God's funny little joke on my 41st birthday. Oh my goodness. Yes. But he is the precious, and I describe my three kids all the time. My my oldest son is the love of my life Mm -hmm. and he's the first thing I ever loved. And to this day, he walks in a room and just melts my soul. (laughs) And my daughter is the joy of my life. And she's the funny, she's the fire. She's the, she can make me laugh. She's my best friend. She's the joy in my soul. And Brady is the gift of my lifetime. He is the best parts of all of us put together in one little person. And, and he's like my life's do over. And Oh, Stacy, he is, this is incredible. He is a doll. I mean, in truly since the day he was born, he has never caused me a drop of trouble. He's brilliant, smart, crazy scientist, and he's kind. He's sweet. He slept all night. He ate any food I ever put in front of him. Wow. He's, he truly is the gift of my life. You are quite the mommy. Well, thank you. I can tell. I can tell. I love my babies. Of course. Of course. I know. There's, there's nothing like having a child and the love that you have for a child. So I know. So you taught for 25 years. You were telling me that the only grade you didn't teach were fourth and kindergarten, That's right? I taught all the rest. All of them. So Stacy, I graduated TCU started teaching. I was 21 years old and teaching seniors. Wow. That basically are We're, a couple of years yeah, younger, younger than yeah. you. And that was, um, that was a, that, that phase, I wasn't cut out to do that. Right. And I mean, I, I'm on social media with some of these kid, kids. They're almost my age. And it was, they were so close to my age. It just didn't work out. And I quick, I did not stay in education. Right. I stayed five years, but then went on to, to grad school. But it wasn't, you know, that wasn't meshing for me that, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I mean, the, the age, it was just too close and right. And uh-uh. it, it's, it's such a a hard job, you know, and they just don't tell you anything about what's going to happen in no. college. And, and my first year of teaching, I had some of the most insane things happen. And I was like, they didn't tell me any of this in no. school. And, no. and one of them, I went to the car one day to to talk to this little boy's parent and he couldn't read very well, you know, and I was teaching first grade at the time. And I said, okay, Christopher, I'm going to keep you at school and then I'll take you home and we're going to teach you how to read. And he said, okay. And, but his parents didn't speak English. And I said, okay, when they get here, go to the car. And then I want you to translate so you can tell your daddy that I'm going to bring you home. And so we get out to the car and I stick my head, you know, in the window and I'm trying to tell the dad and I just happened to look down and jump back. And he was sitting there in his tidy whitey underwear. (laughs) Oh no, can't do that today, can you? I was like, 
Whoa. I just wanted to tell you that Christopher's awesome. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> no, can't do that. Can't do that right now. They no. did not teach us that in they college. They didn't teach us that in college. <laughs> they did not teach us that at all in college. But yeah, yeah. So you decided at 49 to go to grad school and your life was turned upside down. Yes. Right? So do tell me 49 that. 49 was the crazy year. Um, I, when I turned 49, you know, my birthday is January 1st. So mm-hmm. we went back to school on January 3rd and I announced to a room full of teachers that this was going to be the best year of my life. My New Year's resolution was to do one crazy thing every month of my 49th birthday and that I was going to ride into 50 with my wheels on fire. And everybody was like, oh yeah, you probably will. And I was going to climb a mountain. I was going to do a marathon. I was going to do all these crazy things. And two weeks later, my husband left me and I never saw it coming. And I truly didn't. And I was devastated. And I laid in the floor and cried for probably a week. And I realized that I had left all of my happiness in the hands of someone else. Oh my gosh. That's, and I had already been accepted to grad school and I didn't go that semester because I was so heartbroken and I'd canceled my admission. Mm -mm. And then after I, you know, got it together and Mm -hmm. realized that I get to be in charge of my own happiness. And this is what I'm going to give myself for my 50th birthday. I'm going to figure out how to be happy if it kills me. Right. And so I had to go get readmitted Mm -mm. into the department. And that's what I was telling you when I went in for, I wasn't thinking, I guess, and I'm always colorful and crazy. And I walked in to to talk to my professor in bright orange pants and a hippie poncho and about 14, you know, turquoise necklaces. And I walked in his office and he had his little lab coat and his bow tie. He's from Harvard oh and all things Harvard. He's very serious, but I love him to this day. And I told him, I said, if you will let me in, I promise you, I will make neuroscience fun. I'll be the world's funnest neuroscience. Just please give me a chance. Oh my goodness. And he did. And he did. And he did. Oh my gosh. At 49. I I mean, I'm 54 or 55 and we we can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) We can't remember because it's that menopause. We're going to talk about that. But your son, Brady, now that's 12, that's that's his dad. That's yeah. his dad. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. Okay, yeah. so that's his dad. So seriously, did you and I? Did you not think really that? I mean, did you? You really? It was you were blindsided. Yeah, I was totally blindsided. I, I can truly say I never ever would have thought it in a million years. I never <sighs> saw it coming. Ugh. That just that 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 brings me to what you're doing now. But I also want to say that you you mentioned to me, hate the giver, not the gift. Yeah. Well, and your son, I couldn't. You know, I I was mad at him for a while, and you know, and especially he had a you know younger cutesy girlfriend after, mm-hmm. after a while, right? And she would go to the you know soccer game oh, or gosh. whatever, and I could feel myself getting so upset, and I thought, you know what, Stacy, you cannot hate the giver, but love the gift. Mm-hmm. You you have to take them both. And it, it completely transformed the way I looked at him. And I can truly say I have no ill will toward him. I wish him the best because he truly gave me the greatest gift of my lifetime. Oh, absolutely. And I, I look at him now and I, I can say, honestly, I have no anger. And he truly, some days I want to write him a thank you note and, yeah. and tell him, you know, you gave me the courage to do things that I probably would have never done. And I always say good is the enemy of great. Mm-hmm. And my life was good before. And I would have just probably coasted on with right. good. I would have retired from teaching. I love teaching. And I would have just had a good life. Right. And he 
pushed me into great. And Isn't that amazing? Okay, so you were remarried now. Yes. You were re- remarried yes. to a high school friend, right? Yeah, we dated in high school. Oh, my. And I broke up with him because he kept talking about his ex-girlfriend's hair in 1983. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's, oh, no. that's really all we remembered. She did have beautiful hair. And we didn't realize that I didn't even know he lived in the same town and we hadn't seen each other in 35 years. And then come to find out our sons were at the same karate studio for almost a year and we didn't even know it. And the way the karate studio was, the parents sit kind of behind the glass so you can't see them. And I had posted a picture of Brady on Facebook that he had won a karate medal and he saw it and realized that was the same studio. And he came and sat by me one day and I was like, who is this creeper all up in my space? (laughs) And he said, you don't recognize me, do you? And I was like, what are you doing here? And he said, I live here. That's my son. Well, his son was my son's mentor teacher the whole time. And I didn't even know it. You're kidding. No. No. Yeah. (laughs) Small world. That's a small world. So then you were married. Okay. All right. So you... You're saying something that's resonating to me. I absolutely adore Greg Blackman. My husband, nine years. We've known each other 10 years and um, adore him. I just think he is the best heart, soul. He's my best friend. Um, But I do worry. I was reading your website and the workshops that you offered, and I do want you to explain that to me. But, you know, I wonder, you know, I'm happy. I'm so happy. But, you know, menopause and life gets in the way. And are we taking care of each other? Does that make sense? Yes. You know what I mean? And I think truly happiness is something you have to cultivate. It's almost like if you can think of it like a plant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just because it's beautiful and wonderful at one time doesn't mean it always will be unless you continue to water it and move it to a new pot and put it in the sun. And, you know, we think that once we're happy, we'll always be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's the misnomer. And so when we're, when we aren't happy anymore, we go get new stuff, new husbands, new noses, new cars, new whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we realize pretty soon we're right back where we started. Oh gosh. And the only common denominator is you. And I always tell people, you go with you everywhere you go. Right. And when you don't know how to cultivate your own happiness and create it based on the chemicals in your brain, that's when it goes away. Wow. And you start reaching for it in new things, you know, drinks, food, sex, gambling, all the things that people are addicted to. And it, that's the reason is because it creates that momentary dose of dopamine, which is the happiness maker in your brain. And all of those addictions create dopamine. Because, you know, um, I remember when in each relationship I've had, um, each male relationship that I've had, you know, that, that, oh my gosh, I'm just dying. If I'm just going to die, if I don't see him and that just that energy and, you know, you get life explain, is that normal? Yes. That's very normal. And we, what's bad is we want that back, but it's always a trade-off. Right. And because you know, that is created, it's called novelty in the brain. And anything new creates that sparkly, wonderful feeling. And when you know somebody loves you or desires you or thinks you're wonderful, that feeling of the love hormone is oxytocin. And it's, I mean, we love it. And that's why we dress up. We look good. We smell good. We, you know, well, after a year or two, then you realize, oh yeah, you look like crap in the morning, your breath stings, mm-hmm. and you've worn those same pants three days now. <laughs> right. And so we want the comfort of knowing somebody will love us no matter what, but yet we also want the sparkle. And it's very hard to have both. 
And the only way to keep that sparkle is to keep novelty. And that's the secret is to keep doing crazy, weird, fun, you know, go ballroom dancing or I bought tap shoes the other day and I'm now learning to tap dance in my garage. Oh my my goodness. My husband was like, what are you doing? And I said, oh, you just wait till I get me a cute little outfit. I'm going to be tapping in this garage and you're going to like it. (laughs) Absolutely. And he was like, all right, I guess. Okay. Okay. But keeping it new. And you know what? I I have to say, I have been so busy because I started my business, uh, the podcast in January. So I've been so busy trying to just, you know, business, yeah. you know, creating a new business, starting a new business. My husband retired in October, October 1st, you know, then COVID happens and yeah. we are so we're together. I mean, all the time, all the time. So I am guilty because I think I need to create some happiness because it scares me to death. I mean, you know, yeah. I do have girlfriends say, Hey, are you, you know, making yeah. sure keeping it spicy. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, and it doesn't even have to be anything, you know, sexual or what it's all crazy stuff. Like, you know, one day he came home and I'd rearranged the living room all crazy. And he was like, did we want that? And I was like, this we did. And I was like, just think about it. We could watch TV backwards if we look at the mirror and, you know, just goofy stuff and cook a meal you've never cooked before. Eat on polka dot dishes or, you know, just something fun because fun is truly a chemical reaction. Oh, and it, yeah. and it's connected to the person that creates the fun. Mm-hmm. So if you, which is why new relationships are all about chemicals, right. because that person is attaching in your brain to fun. And so you're like, oh, I have to have them because they make me, you know, happy and fun, fun, fun. And if it's just little things that, you know, I helped my husband mow grass the other day and I was on the riding lawnmower and I kept running over stuff because I couldn't remember how to do reverse. And, you know, so I finally, I turned my hat around backwards and I said, just pretend like I'm going that way. Wow. And, you know, it's just, it's little things, but it's the chemical reactions that are the most crucial thing we could ever do for our brain. Do you think that, um, get, my husband is very routine oriented, oh, yeah. extremely, I mean, extremely to the minute. I mean, he times himself and, and, um, and that's great because I expect that. Do you think that we get into that routine and if you don't break out of that cycle, I mean, but well, in some people though, that's just how their brains are wired. And I teach people with this thing called foundational filters and every person's brain has about five to seven foundational filters and they're in the lizard brain. So they're in the oldest part of your brain. So you're, you see the world through these foundational filters and then you you know, act in the world. And certain people have certain filters. And I give people this list of words and the definitions and instantly they'll pick stuff out and throw them away. So we did them at our house and I started this in the middle of grad school. Well, one of mine, my husband's is he's justice, integrity, trustworthiness, and minor growth, beauty, dedication. So we literally see the world through two different filters. And one of the things I do in my business is help people understand it's not personal, it's your filter. And so my husband is an engineer. He's very regimented. He tells me so many more details than I want to know about. I'm like, please get to the point. But that's just how he thinks. He thinks if you know the amount of details that you need to, then you'll make a correct decision. And I'm like, no, I can make three wrong ones by the time you're through telling me all those details. So I just have learned that that's the way he sees the world. And we just tend to take everything personal. Mm -hmm. But my son, my 12 year old son, he did it with us. And he has also integrity as one of his foundational filters. And he said, mom, that's why you lie all the time. And I said, 
what are you talking about, Brady? I said, I have never lied to you in my life. He said, you lie every day, at least once. And I was like, what? You've got to be kidding me. Well, for someone who has integrity as a core value, they tend to think that like, if you ask me what time it is, I, I'm going to hit you closest to the hour. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's almost six. Right. Well, Brady said, no, it's not almost six. It's 547. And you know that. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And when all the times I'll say, all right, we're leaving in five minutes. And then it's really 12. Sure. Or, yeah, we'll probably do that tomorrow. But then it's six days later. For someone who that's the filter that their brain sees through, you become a liar. And it's so important to understand your family and your spouse and your people, how their brains work, because it it creates a terrible, you know, disconnect. So, of course, I don't want my son to think I'm a liar. So now, I, you know, I'll, I'll say it's almost, tw- Hang on. it's 1152, you know, <laughs> right. I, I'm very careful about that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And, you know, if you had that, like, think about that in a marriage. If, if somebody thought you were a liar. And mm-hmm. then you're late coming home or whatever. And they're like, yeah, I don't believe anything you say because right. you lie about what time it is. Oh, my goodness. So those things are they're crucial in a relationship. And it's all about your brain. So your um, the Grateful Brain, your business, you help couples, you help businesses. What exactly you're doing this for us, right? Yes. Tell and th- th- I do that with corporations. And in my keynote the other day, I did a workshop after where I taught people about their foundational filters. And, you know, it's in a business, especially if you have an employee that, you know, one of their foundational filters is dedication and they had a sick child and, you know, one of yours is, you know, maybe professionalism and they were late. Well, they were cleaning up throw up, but they still came because they were dedicated employee. You're seeing it very differently. You're like, golly, why can you never get here on time? And so if you understand what their core, you know, foundational filters are, you're like, oh, I know why they did that. Wow. And then you explain it to them, you know, like, okay, you know, next time, if you just text me, and let me know you're going to be five minutes late, then we can both keep our foundational filters intact because that is truly what causes every argument is I call it a filter bump. Mm-hmm. When you bump against someone else's filter, like mine, one of my core uh, filters is beauty, <clears throat> excuse me. And so now I understand why a messy house can turn me into a demon. And it's, you know, and I start grabbing at everybody. And, oh my gosh, why did you move that? Well, it's because that messed up my beauty. I love a beautiful house. I love a beautiful yard. I love a beautiful table setting. Mm-hmm. And I always have, but I didn't know why. But my, that's the way my brain is wired. And my husband, who could care less, and when we got married, he had boxes in the garage that had been there 10 years. No, And I'm like, this is the first place you walk. Are you kidding me? How can we have this? Right. But for him, that was very efficient. It was taped up correctly. It was marked, you know, and he's like, wow. what's wrong with that box? Wow. So it has, it's been a game changer in our personal relationship as well as with my son. And I wish I would have known it when my older kids you know, know. were little so I could have maybe worded things a little differently. What a game. What, what a gift. I mean, that is incredible. Your, your grad, yes. your grad degree it's a gift. It is. It has. It has truly been the greatest gift. Okay, so tell us what your graduate degree, which it started at Harvard. Yes, right? it's called program. Mind Brain Education, and I did not know when I started that the mind and the brain are two different things. And if you ask people what their mind is, almost always they'll tell you their brain. And they really they work simultaneously, but they're very different. And I always describe it as 
hardware and software on a computer. And your brain is like the hardware. It's like the motherboard and, you know, all the intricate parts. But your mind is like the software. It's like Word and Excel and PowerPoint. Your computer can have the greatest motherboard and the fastest RAM and all. But if you don't have software to put in it, it's pretty much no use. It's worthless. That's why people can be alive, but their brain dead because their mind is no longer working. You're no longer putting any software into the hardware. So it's not working anymore. And so I always, you know, think of it, your mind is like your thoughts and your thoughts create the connections and the chemicals that your brain produces. And every single thought is creating either an electrical or a chemical signal. Everyone. And the average person has about 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. And according to research, about 80% of those are negative. Mm. And each one of those is creating a connection, which is also creating a chemical. And, you know, we think, oh, there's no way I think that many negative thoughts. But women, especially, we're brutal on ourselves and we're more cruel to ourselves than we would ever be to a stranger. And, you know, think about in the mornings when you wake up, you're like, oh my God, mm -hmm. this gray hair, look at this crazy, that cellulite, my knees are slipping down my shin, <laughs> my shoes. Who wants mm -hmm. you? Yeah. You're, yes. you're so gross. Your butt looks yes. like a giant in those jeans. And all of that is not harmless. And, you know, we tend to think that if we don't say it out loud or we don't do anything to ourselves, then it's of no consequence, but it is. And every single connection the more times you think it, the tighter the connection becomes. And I kind of describe it because I'm from the country. It was riding the ruts. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you used to drive through the pasture, you create these ruts. Well, the next time you go down, you drive back through the ruts and back through the ruts. Pretty soon you have a road. Mm -hmm. And if you try to get somewhere else, it's a lot harder to go through. Well, your brain is built for efficiency and it likes to go down the same path because then it doesn't have to go make a new one. And it's like, oh, yeah, you hate yourself. <laughs> Yeah. And it just connects it all for you, dumps out the chemicals of self-loathing and, you know, and people that'll eat a cookie and then they're mad at themselves for like mm -hmm. four hours. And you're like, oh my God, life is too short. Like mm -hmm. eat the cookie. And if you do eat the cookie and you enjoy it, it actually changes your metabolism and you digest it very differently than if you eat it loathing and, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. What am I doing? It creates the chemicals that create the digestion. It changes everything. You're kidding. No. That is so incredible. I mean, just the brain. I yeah. mean, it and, is, the and it is true. I believe there's so many negative thoughts. Yeah, they're I everywhere. And, and I truly did not understand the power of our thoughts. I, I had no idea. And I, I, you know, I was nice to people. I'm never mean to anybody. And I thought as long as I don't say it, right. I'm not doing anything. And especially women, the thoughts we think about one another, and we think those are harmless, we don't say them. They're also creating a chemical and electrical signal, which is dumping stuff into your body. Wow. And it's, we're brutal. We are brutal. Yeah. I know. I know. It's, and it's, you know, you and I have talked about menopause and, and what we're going through right now. And, um, it is brutal. It is. it is. It's just like, oh my goodness, I wish I had my old self and then I don't like my old self. And it's just this, this, uh, this pattern yeah. of, of negative. It's like a tornado. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh. It is a tornado. That's my husband. What that is. So, so you know, do, do, the, for my listeners that, and my followers that are, are closer to our age, menopause, I was told today I'm post-menopause. Yeah, me too. I mean, seriously, <laughs> I looked at the guy and I mean, the doctor, I went, no, I'm not no, post. I'm, I'm post anything. I'm free. I'm because no, you, you know, you've got the estrogen of a 70-year-old. I mean, I'm, oh, wait, wait, stop it. So tell us, we were talking earlier. See, I think it's my ovaries and my uterus and my, right. but it's not. It's, it's not. It's it's your brain. And your your ovaries and your brain talk 
to each other because the chemicals of estrogen are in the neuroendocrine system in your brain. And so they're producing, that's a chemical, you know, estrogen is chemical. And so it's producing things that your body uses for you. And if you think about all the symptoms of menopause, which are hot flashes, well, that's in the brainstem because that controls the temperature. If you think about mood swings, that's in the amygdala that controls all of your emotional center, uh, memory loss. And you know, that brain Foggy. fog, yeah, mm. that's in the hippocampus. So all of these things are part of your brain and they now have a new study, which is frightening. And, you know, women have a two thirds higher chance to have Alzheimer's than men. And they are finding a great deal of research that is linked to the drop in estrogen and what it does to the human brain very differently than men, because their testosterone lowers gradually. And it's so gradual that they don't have, you know, they don't have anything, a name for them like menopause. But for women, like when your ovaries start shutting down, like they're putting on the brakes and, you know, Mm -hmm. and so it does things to you and you begin to think you're crazy, which is also part of the problem. And like for me, I mean, I'm the Sahara Desert. I mean, if anybody oh. wanted DNA, just come sit by me because I got flakes of something <laughs> falling off. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. And I mean, I'll cake myself with oh. oil and I could swim in crepe race and I'd come oh. out and I'd still look like a piece of tissue paper. <laughs> I know. Very colorful, though. Yes. Very colorful. <laughs> and, and I remember my granny used to tell me a long time ago, next don't lie. Oh. And I'm like, oh, now I know what she meant. It's just, it looks like the back of an elephant. Sure. And I'm oh, like, oh, right. And my hair falls out mm-hmm. and I'll just be mad all of a sudden when like three seconds ago I was happy and I'm like, what is wrong with right, me? Right. So it's also a, 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 a mind game that you're playing with yourself beside your mind is creating all kinds of alterations. And it, that this is when I truly believe it's more important to be happy than ever because you'll travel down a path of. I don't like me. I'm not myself. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I don't look like I used to. I don't feel like I used to. And energy and estrogen are directly connected. And, you know, I just, I can't keep up with my old self and it makes me mad. I know. And I'm like, man, I used to could do so much more. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, yes, I know. I know. So take us to your son, which junior high age. Now, Mind you, I'm a chef. I do not know what I'm is about to come out of my mouth, so be okay. careful here. So, <laughs> the frontal lobe. Yes. Okay. So my my former neighbor's pediatrician, and she would always tell me when the girls, my girl, the girls were cheerleaders, my daughter was a cheerleader, and they just couldn't think, right? Because it's a certain. So tell us about the frontal frontal lobe, and when does that change with the brain? Does that does that? Because yes. I'm sure you can work with your son now, like very differently. Yeah. It, it's the prefrontal cortex is the part of your brain that where higher level thinking, reasoning, judgment, all of those are up here. And according to the latest research, that doesn't fully develop until you're about 25. Wow. Yeah. Which is frightening beyond measure because we let 16 year olds drive and, you know, 18 year olds vote. And then you're like, you can't even make a good decision. Um, But what happens with adults too, is when we're angry and we're having, you know, especially like a, a moment, you know, a fight, when we get in the emotional part of our brain, which is the limbic system, it kind of shuts off the prefrontal cortex. And that's why you hear people in prison that say, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't in my right mind. 
Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine why I would do it. They really weren't in their right mind wow. because the blood flow no longer goes to this area of the brain. It stays in the limbic system and the lizard brain, which is the fight or flight. That's why you people throw things and, you know, they just get in their car and drive off and they do all the things because they weren't thinking. Then when you've had time to calm down, you're like, oh, why did I say that? Why did I hit send on that email? What was I doing? Yes. So it's so important when you're in one of those frenzies, I call them moments, that you stop and name it. And naming your emotion actually moves the blood flow back to your cognitive prefrontal cortex. Because giving it a name, you have to go, what am I feeling? Am I jealous? Am I angry? What, you know, so that is a higher level thinking skill. Wow. And so just naming it is is super important. And also I teach people the stop method. And anytime you're angry, this works every single time. So the S stands for say your own name. And your brain knows your name better than any other name in the world. And every mom knows that when you go to, you know, Target or whatever, and you hear somebody go, mom, and we all turn and look. Yeah. But if you say your own name, then it really works. Um, So when I feel myself losing it, I'll say, Stacy, stop. And all of a sudden your brain will pause for just a second and go, oh, what are we stopping? Like, what's going on? That moment is just enough to shift the blood flow back over here. So the T stands for take a deep breath because the lizard brain controls your breathing. None of us tell ourselves to breathe, but when you purposely tell yourself to breathe, take three breaths in three, hold it for three seconds. So in for three, hold it for three, out for three, and then swallow at the end. And all of that tells your lizard brain, I'm taking over the breathing right now. So when you take over the lizard, you also take over the fight, flight, freeze response that the lizard controls. So that's so easy to do. That's why all those times your mom would say, you know, stop and take a deep breath, count right. to 10. She it, was it right. really works. Um, the O stands for make an observation. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing right then, look around and find one thing that you could be grateful for. And the P stands for pause and hold that grateful thought for 10 to 30 seconds. And that's what my TED talk was about. 30 seconds a day can alter your life and your brain forever. Oh, absolutely. And so I remember the first time I learned this and I did it. I was at my son's soccer game, my little son, and I had just seen my ex-husband with his super cute girlfriend. And truth be told, it was all jealousy. Her sure. butt, her butt was where it belonged. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, he's, he's going to like you way better than me. And so you then start feeling terrible. And so I was catching myself being so mad. And so I stopped, said my name, took a breath and I looked around and I did my observation. And the only thing I could find was this little darling blonde headed girl, you know, six years old, twirling like a ballerina down the soccer field. She didn't even know the ball was going by her. And I thought, you know what? That is precious. That is precious. And I want to have that amount of freedom and just live life and be happy. Right. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it worked. And it works. It works. It works every single time. Well, of course it works. And and I wish, you know, at, at my age, I wish I had had these tools oh, years too. and years and years and years ago. I mean, because gosh, I've said some things. Me that, too. I apologize to my 30 year old all the time. I'll say, son, uh, you were my practice kid. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know, I know, because it's true. It's just, I mean, and honestly, I do understand because I can think. I do. I mean, you know, going through the changes of life, I do, I am recognizing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm recognizing that. I am starting to take a break and I am breathing and mm-hmm. I need to start saying my name. Though. Yeah, say your name. Say your name. That's the very first thing. Do that first. That's the S. 
Okay. And you know, like if you ever watch the dog whisperer guy, Caesar, and he'll, you know, and he does that to the dog. It's the same thing because it gets the blood flow. Like you pause, anytime you say that pause, you're like, what am I, what am I doing? It's it. All it takes is a momentary pause to stop that cycle because your brain creates these little pathways. And if you stop it in mid pathway, you also stop the end result, which wow. is, you know, I said something I didn't want, or I threw a dish or what are all the things people do? So, so stop, say your name, take a deep breath. Oh, is uh, make an observation, observation, wherever you are, whatever you're doing right then. P is pause, pause and hold it for 10 to 30 seconds. Okay. That is, this is huge people. We're not charging you for this. She's not charging me. <laughs> so this is what you work on. Uh-huh. And so, you just got to know what your trigger is, you know, cause oh, yeah. different things trigger people. So, you know, yeah. somebody playing soccer might not bother somebody else. See, mine is beauty too, because my house needs to be, if that, I mean, I, I left the house today. I told Paul, Greg opened his vitamins and left the package. I'm like, do we need it here? Or uh-huh. Were you going to save it for later? Or uh-huh. what? But it's true that I want everything in order. I don't want any boxes that aren't, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting and in how to define yourself. Yes. And then if he realizes, you know, that, that you're not just being a smart aleck, yeah. you know, and if, you know, and I have to say that to my husband too. And I'll say, oh honey, I think you forgot how important beauty is for me. And I know that if you would have remembered, you would have never left your shoes right here. So I'm going to pick them up for you that next time you might remember. You know? Know. And he'll like, go, oh, no. Oh, no. Here we go. But, okay. you know, then he it, it has reminded him enough times, you know, and right. I'll hear him every once in a while tell Brady, like, remember, beauty's your mom's thing. Get your toothpaste out of the sink in there. You know, <laughs> that is so yeah. great. Oh my gosh! So the frontal lobe, that the that brain that when you're younger and it goes to 25, are there people? Is it more male or female that it goes beyond those years? It's according to research, it's a little slower to develop in males. You know, in some girls, 21, 23, it'll be pretty developed. But, you know, people used to think when I was a kid that you have as many brain cells as you're ever going to have, you know, people used to always tell me that. And that's not true. They know for sure that's not true. Now you, you, it's neurogenesis. Your brain makes new brain cells all the time. The reason you don't ever think differently and you don't create a different brain is because you don't create any new pathways. And that's called neuroplasticity. When you think a different way, you literally create a different brain. And as long as you think the same thoughts, your pathways are going to go right back to the same. So you'll keep having the same bad attitude, the same whatever. And, you know, it's just so important to, even if you just think one new thing a day mm-hmm. and drive one new direction, do something so your brain has to stay active. And especially women, because our brains tend to shut down, you know, two times more than men, or mm-hmm. we're more susceptible to Alzheimer's. And, you know, cook different, do it with your left hand, you know, try to put your mascara on different, do something different to force your brain to keep creating new connections, new connections, new connections. So about, let's see, it's been about a year and a half now and we've been on hold with COVID, but um, we have, I have a group of friends that I didn't know. I really didn't know these women. So there's, that was creating a a different energy and a different, you know, for me to try to get to know these women at our age, we started Mahjong a Mahjong group. And let me tell you what, that is the most difficult. Now I've, I, I, my, you know, degrees and, but playing that game is hard. It is so hard. It's so difficult, but it was so good because, you know, I haven't played it in probably two or three months and I can't even imagine Stacy because it's so out of my comfort zone, yes. but thinking of the patterns and you know, have you played? Right. Or? Yeah. I used to play on my phone oh, and gosh. it gets me so frustrated. And I'm like, 
Oh, yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. So training, I did that, you know, for a new a group of friends and a friend group, but to train my brain because it, it's it, frightening. And, and, you know, and you think like my, my parents are retired and, you know, you think about that's why people get grumpy. That's why, you know, you don't hear that much about people getting dementia or whatever until after they retire. Well, when you become sedentary and you just keep doing the same thing every day and you wake up at the same time and you eat the same food and you watch the same TV shows and you do all the stuff, your brain says, oh, we no longer need all these cells. And it does pruning. And every night you have these things called glial cells and they're like little vacuum cleaners in your brain. And if you don't use that, your brains are built for efficiency and they're like, oh, vacuum that out. Wow. We don't need that anymore. Oh. So oh, I'm on a mission yeah, now. Yeah, do something crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. I am. I'm going to do something crazy. But you were saying, uh, we're going back to the newness wearing off and relationships mm-hmm. or buying a car. I mean, what we were talking about earlier, um, you get a new car. And you're so careful. It's, and it's called novelty in the brain. And you know how... I think everybody, when they get their new car, they're so careful. And we're like, nobody's eating in here. Get your shoes off the thing, you know? And then about three months later, you know, you got your feet on the dash and there's dried up French fries in the back seat and the dogs in there and all the stuff. And it's the same car. So it's your thoughts about the car. The car doesn't change. And the, the research is, you know, between three and six months is as long as novelty will last, even on huge things like cars and boats and, you know, new homes and new husbands, all the things. Relationships. Yes. Mm. And so that's why they always tell people don't marry somebody until you've dated them for six months. No joke. Six months is as long as novelty will hold. And I've heard so many people go, he was so nice. And after six months, he just went crazy. No, he went back to who he was. His, he just quit trying because that's all it'll last is about six months. And so we have to, I think so. I mean, it would have saved me probably a thousand mistakes had I realized to stop looking for happiness with these things because they do make you happy. So our brain tends to think if I got a new car, I'd be happy. If I got, you know, a new haircut, I'd be happy. If I got a new shirt, if I just had this purse, if I just had this, whatever. And the world kind of plays into that. And so you go, oh my gosh, it did make me happy. I must need more of that. Oh my gosh. But it's not true. Happiness is all about the chemicals in your brain. And those items just happen to produce the chemical, but it doesn't last for longer than three to six months. That's why that, you know, Chanel purse is no longer doing it for you. It did at first and you loved it and you may still love it when you put it on, but it's not the same. Like, oh my God, I love this. Yeah. And that's why people lose interest with one another. They go have affairs They because they need that sparkle. They need that dopamine rush. And that's, that's what it is. But you can do that for yourself any given day of the week if you know what to do. Wow. So, and, and, and so people that... I'm trying to draw a correlation here. People that cheat, uh-huh. okay, and or habitual cheaters. What is wrong with them? They're needing a giant dopamine rush. And every addiction, whether it be sex, alcohol, drugs, gambling, 
you know, shopping, all of it, it's all dopamine. And, you know, dopamine is what is in opioids and, you know, heroin and those things. And, and I mean, it's a, it works through your brain really quickly, but it's, it gives it a giant rush at the beginning, but it, it wears off very quickly where oxytocin lasts a little longer in the brain and serotonin does too. And so you, you want more of it. That's why, if, you know, a heroin addict just wants more and they used to do one hit and then they did more and an affair. Ooh, that one was great. And, and next time I don't like my wife, you know, that made me feel good. And, and what it is, is the wiring in your brain is like, okay, you go get what made you feel good. And, and it's, and it, which is crazy because if you, you know, talk to people who've had affairs, it's never about the person. And it's not that they were, you know, the world's sexiest or whatever. And so many times people are like, I cannot believe he was with her. Like, what was he thinking? And he wasn't thinking for one, his brain was craving that rush, but it was, she provided something in his brain that he's not getting somewhere else. And that, not that that justifies it by any means, but it helps couples realize, oh, if I gave you that same rush, if I gave you that same dopamine hit, you would feel that way about me. Wow. But when couples fight, they're releasing cortisol and cortisol does exactly the opposite in the brain. And it creates tension and anxiety and frustration. It creates belly fat. It raises your risk of heart attack and blood pressure. And 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 there's a new documentary about it on Netflix that it's linked to the three deaths of despair. And the United States is one of the only countries that our mortality rate is going down. Mm-mm. And it's because of keeping the stress so long every day. Think about most couples don't have 20 fights. They have one fight 20 times. Right. And it's because each pathway, each person is going down their same pathway, dumping out the same chemicals and they do the same thing and go over and over. I mean, this, this information is unbelievable. You're right. You can go back to the not 25 fights, one fight about one subject. Right. Over and over Over and and over. over. You're just beating a dead horse. And it's just like riding the ruts. When, when, when like say your husband left the vitamins out, you're like, and you, you went down the, I can't believe you would do this. And he went down, well, I just left it there. And your brain just says, oh, this is what we're doing. Oh, we did that last week. Mm-hmm. And it just lines up all the little pathways for you, dumps out those same chemicals. You end up probably doing the same thing. He pouts for two days. You go shopping, you know, whatever. That used to be my go-to. I'd go shopping for pretty much everything. And then all of a sudden, then I'm over it. Because those chemicals wore out. Right. But I wasn't really over it. We never came to a conclusion. You know, they'll say, okay, I'll never do it again. Well, they do it again next week. I do it again next week too. We all do. Mm -hmm. But if we just realize it's not personal, it's your brain patterns. And if you learn to work with someone's brain pattern and realize they're not going to alter their filters. They are what they are. And um, Dr. Luby, which is one of my very favorite neuroscientists, he says it's, you know, it used to be nature, nurture. And it was, it's always 50, 50. That's what all the research says, but now they're adding in a new one, discipline, nature, nurture, and discipline. Wow. And you can discipline your way into altering nature and nurture. Oh my goodness. And if you want to bad enough. So, so many, so much that I read about you and your website is I, I I just have a question for you. That's the only, am I happy? I think I'm happy. I really do. And believe it. So are we happy? Does that make sense? Yes. I think if you feel good, you can rest assured your body is releasing good chemicals. That's the way you know. It's that easy. If you feel bad, you can rest assured you're releasing bad chemicals. So whether it's anxiety or tension or any of those little things, you can anytime, like on the way down here, I, I was 
getting stressed. I was in traffic and my little son and I were in a, a four car pileup last year or two years ago. And I have now had this paranoid fear of somebody hitting me from the behind again. And because I could see him in the mirror and knew they were fixing to hit the, you know, back there. And all I could think about was Brady is going to, you know, mm-hmm. be hurt. So for some reason now my brain has just associated that. And so I had to talk to myself all the way here, Stacy, stop. You, people drive this road every day. You've driven 47,000 other times and have not had a wreck. And so I was talking to myself and I say that all the time. If you don't talk to your head, your head will talk to you and right. you might not like what it's saying. Oh, well, heavens. But if you are feeling bad, that's your go-to like, Oh, I'm feeling bad. I'm releasing bad chemicals and you better stop them quick right? because after about 30 minutes, they'll take over. And then all of a sudden you'll just have a bad day. And people say that all the time, you know, I don't know. I'm just in a bad mood. I don't really know why. And, and is it, is it a, a feeling poorly, um, physically? It can be any mentally. Okay. Any emotionally, any bad, mm-hmm. any bad. Okay. So tell me about what you offer. If, if let's say, I'm your client. What, I mean, how do you, what about your clients? Tell me your, I have, well, I do three different things. I do uh, one-on-one coaching and, um, that's probably the bulk of my business. I would say, and we go through and figure out what your triggers are and we go through the, the foundational filters. So you'll know what yours are because you'll, they'll, you'll keep them, you know, and then what to do with it and how to counteract when you get angry and how to use your chemicals to create happiness in your brain. Um, I also teach online courses and, um, my one signature course I would say is chemical soup and it's on my website right now. It's, it's my, my whole of my research and probably I think the biggest game changer, but it's learning the six different ways that you can, you change your chemicals any second, any moment of any day. And it's, it works every time. You don't have to buy, you know, a new car, a new anything. It's all stuff you can do. Um, and then I do, um, keynote speeches and I used to travel around the world and speak. (laughs) (laughs) Now I sit at my house in front of a computer. (laughs) Once upon a time. And you just did the keynote speak speech at UC Davis. Yes. Graduation. Correct. Well, no, it was their opening, um, for their, uh, human resources. And they were the people that do child welfare in that department. Right. And it was crazy because I was supposed to go and, you know, there are hundreds of people in an audience that you can't see. And they couldn't put, you know, all hundred little pictures on there. You know, I think there were 300 people. And so I just talked to myself and I just looked at the computer screen and it was crazy. I mean, it was really fun actually. And the people were really sweet, but I only had contacts in, not my bifocals because you have to have all the lighting, you know, and it makes that weird little ring. Yes, it does. And so I just, I couldn't see what they were saying and I couldn't see them. So I was literally talking to myself on a computer screen. (laughs) You have to be so good. (laughs) And I was thinking, I'm so much better in person. I'm better than this. And you know, and when you tell something funny and you're like, are they laughing in California? (laughs) Are they, you know, and there was people from, you know, all over people in New York. I'm like, is that funny? Do you pause? Oh no. It was crazy. I bet. So you are, and I, my daughter actually explained this to me. You're a TEDx speaker. Yes. Okay. So the definition, and I did Google this TEDx talk is a showcase for speakers presenting great, well-informed ideas under 18 minutes. And you just explained to me 
Your speech. Yeah. Okay. The, the 18 minutes is super important. But I didn't know, because I first started applying for a TED Talk after I graduated. And I was so in the academia world and, you know, proving a thesis and a theory and all the data and all that. That's not what they want. Um, it's an idea worth spreading. And that's, you know, their whole little thing. And so you have to have a, an idea that you can back up. And so I have I got rejected three times before I finally got it the fourth time. And, but my, my Ted talk is about how 30 seconds a day can change your life. And it, I talk about how to hold the thoughts of gratitude and how that alters the chemicals, which alters your wiring, which alters your life. Absolutely. I'm finding that out. Yes. Gosh, I got to rewire myself. I, but how am I going to do that with menopause? I know you have to work double hard. It's I know. so unfair. <laughs> Trust me. I mean, I, I'm, I don't even know. I know. But, the, you know, this this is helping everyone of all ages. I mean, yeah. my daughter, I would, I mean, I'm, I'm anxious for her to listen to this. I have lots of teenage clients. Do you? That, and I work with families too, especially I have, you know, like the teenager has one point of view and the parents generally take it as being disrespectful or will come to find out they have a whole different set of foundational filters and what they thought the parents wanted, they thought that's what they were doing. And then what the parents assumed they knew they didn't. Mm -mm. And it's all a filter bump. Mm -mm. And it's, you know, it's, it's crazy, but kids don't know how to control their anger. And I mean, that we're really not taught that. And this generation of kids is the first global generation that we've ever had in the world. And when you and I were kids, if somebody was mean to us, they either went to school with us, they were on our soccer team, or they cheerleaded with us. We knew them. They had skin on. Sure. And this generation of kids has people being negative from around the world. Mm -mm. And, you know, parents, and I catch myself sometimes telling Brady, like, oh, son, ignore that. Well, I'm thinking, oh, well, I never had to do that. I did that as a grown up, you know, because anybody in social media, you get haters all the time oh, and keyboard courage. And so, but as a 53 year old, I can blow that off because I'm like, you don't even know me. You, you don't get the right to say that if you're going to put anonymous by your name. No, but for Brady, who's 12, that's a big deal. And I was like, oh my gosh, his brain doesn't have that. And I never did that at 12. Mm -mm. If somebody was mean to me at 12, they had skin on. Absolutely. And what's bad about this generation, which they are studying immensely, is they're being raised by parents who also don't understand. And so the kids are thinking they're doing it wrong and they're being bad and they're doing it incorrectly because they're not doing it like their parents said. But the parents have no idea. Oh, yeah, that rule applied very differently than for you because I never had that happen. Never. I didn't have the world in my pocket. I know it. Yeah. I mean, I really, and you and I both grow up in, you grew up in a tiny town. Yeah. And I did too. I mean, there was a thousand in my town and I had you, you 397. Beat you beat me. I had a thousand and eight. <laughs> now your high school graduating class. 27. I had 14. Oh, well. Yes. There you go. I think it, because every five minutes there was a school, <laughs> but I was in the top 10. So it's me all too. good. <laughs> course you were. Of course you were. So, okay. So you are. You're going to make people, you're going to make people realize if they're happy or not. Yes. Right? But that's my goal is to bridge the gap between joy and science. And I think so many people in the world of neuroscience are stuffy for, I'm sorry, all the rest of you. And, but they're so into the academia and the research and all that, which is lovely, but they don't get it out to the people. And I think that's where I'm so grateful for my teaching background, because I've taught, you know, everywhere from first grade to seniors, and I know how to make it accessible to people so that they can actually use it. And they don't care about the 
14, you know, 0. 0.460, you know, they don't want to know that. They want to know how can I use this at my house? Mm -hmm. How can it work? How can it fix my relationship? How can I be happy? Right. The stop. Yes. The stop that you just explained. Yeah. Earlier. And there's so much more, but there's sad people all over that think that money and a house and a car and a, is, is what they need to be happy. And that's not true. No, I do. I do believe that for sure. Now your research project or your re research study was gratitude. Yes. So how does that, what's the difference between the gratitude and the happiness? Well, people think gratitude is just saying thank you. And they kind of generally connect it with manners. And, um, which is funny because one of people's number one things they hate is ingratitude. And, you know, like when you hold the door open for somebody and they don't at least say thank you, you want to slam it back in their mm -hmm. face. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, but gr scientific gratitude is a measurable change of frequency in the brain because it creates a chemical change. So like, I love coffee. I'm an avid coffee drinker. I always say my birthstone is a coffee bean. And <laughs> I drink it all day long, but I used to just drink it and I loved it, but I didn't really know. I didn't think about why I loved it, but the why is the secret sauce. And that's the difference between gratitude and thank you. And when you have to stop and think why, which also moves to the prefrontal cortex and you're like, oh my God. And I drink coffee every day with a mug that I can get all four fingers through and I hold on to it every morning and I'm like, oh my God, I love this. I love the warmth in my hand. It feels like my granny's hugs. And I think about my granny every morning. And then when I take that first sip, I just pause for 10 seconds and go, oh my gosh, I love that sweet the cream and the bitter coffee going down my throat. And I focus on all the things I love about it and the why. And that's it. It takes 10 to 30 seconds and you've created a whole chemical shift in your brain. Wow. And is it the experience perhaps? Yes, it's the feeling. But when you feel the why you like it, your brain has to put all that connection in place. And so you're using about three times more wires than you just drank it and went on your way. And how many times have we eaten something and you go to get the last bite and you're like, did I eat that? Right. Because we're not thinking. Mm -hmm. We don't enjoy the cake or the, that's why I say, if you treasure it while you're eating it, you Embrace digest it, it differently mm -hmm. because you're creating happy chemicals instead of sad ones. And so anything like my son, when he gives me a hug now, cause I know they're few and far between as he's approaching teenagehood Aww. and I treasure it. I mean, I'm like, and I'm like, oh, baby, hang on one more second. Right. And and I said, remember when you were little and you used to put your face up here? And he'll say, do you want me to do it again? I'll say, please. <laughs> you know, but I, I hold on to every thought. And even if it's, you know, in the morning, a, a red bird. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's the most beautiful shade of red. Right. And I hang on to the thought. Ten seconds. It, and I'm like, if you don't have ten seconds, you don't have a life. Exactly. And you don't want to try very hard. Gosh, you're just, you're teaching us so much. Oh, my gosh. You're so smart. Thank you. <laughs> got so much moxie. I can't stand it. I promised Dr. Swartz I'd be the happiest neuroscience on the planet. I think you're my new girl crush. I'm pretty sure. Aww, yeah. yeah. Okay. But I have to say this, Stacy, you don't drink wine. I know. I tried so hard. And I told you, I always feel like people look so important when they drink it. And I, and I do drink water out of a wine glass. Oh my. Because I love that. It does. It's it, yeah. And it's the experience. Like you said, it makes you feel important. And I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So I love everything that involves seven. an experience. Yeah. I'm the I've got to happy do girl. And, but I cannot stand it. It's so bitter. And it just, girl, you drink coffee. I know, but I put like, it really, I put like four <laughs> cans of melted ice cream on top of black coffee. <laughs> okay, there it is. There's, it's my specialty is in flavors and flavor pro profiling. I studied it long and hard. And 
I, when you said, I love coffee, I'm like, that's a wine drinker right there. No, yeah. I, I put literally this much oh. cream. Oh. My husband says I only drink coffee as a vehicle to drink the cream. <laughs> <laughs> I love, that is awesome. That is awesome. But you know what? It's, for example, I will go home this afternoon, this evening, and the thought of holding my wine glass there's only there's only one brand of glass out glassware I'll use, and I'm holding it and drinking that wine and just the experience. And my husband sits with me, and we have this, you know, it's like our date. But coffee is our date too. See, we're happy. Yeah. We're happy. See, people. and I could tell part of our one of the courses we took is in neurolinguistics, and I can hear inflections in your voice. So when I listen to people talk, I know their brain is like saying things. You genuinely felt all of that, and I could tell instantly your brain was dumping out chemicals because you, even in your description of it, it was all like your your dilation and your eyes mm -hmm. changed, your voice intonation shifted. So if we would do that with everything, I mean, you could, you could change your life immensely with just your thoughts. Oh my gosh. I'm going to go do this to my husband. Even in the bed, in the mornings, <laughs> when I get out of the bed, I always feel like my bed feels like vanilla pudding because it, we have one of those mm -hmm. number beds and mm -hmm. mine's pretty much on mush. <laughs> mine's on the mush <laughs> setting. And I have this big down comforter and I, you know, when the alarm goes off, I always do my nine minute snooze sure. and I do my gratitudes in my morning. That's also very important because it sets your chemicals for the rest of the day. And what you hold your first thoughts in the morning can last up to six hours in your brain. And so most people wake up every morning thinking about what they've got to do. Oh my gosh, I got to get the clothes out of the dryer. I got to fix laundry. Blah, blah, blah. And they're all negative thoughts. Well, no wonder your day just went to crap. Mm -hmm. So if you'll hold those first moments, it's called the sweet spot. When your brain is in and out of alpha waves and beta waves, when you're kind of asleep and kind of awake and just lay in there, if you'll think about all the things you're grateful for and you'll just, it's like a chemical happy cocktail going on in your head. But I lay there every morning like, oh, my God, this bed feels like vanilla pudding. And I just imagine myself, you know, in a little bowl of it and the covers feel better. And and it but it it will tell your brain you're happy. And that's what you want to do. Wow. So I went my in the morning. So I, I usually set my alarm for four thirty or five. I get up early and go to the gym. But I pray. I guess my pray time. Yeah. Like, thank you so much for, you know, blah, blah. So yeah. is that okay? Yes. But you <laughs> could, you could even throw in a little bit of that before and all the times too. Um, and we're probably running out of time. Uh, people, when they pray, they pray wrong <laughs> because when you say, dear God, please, that's from a place of lack. And so that tells your brain, you don't really believe it. But when you say, God, thank you that you're going to heal me. Thank you that you're creating a home for our family. Thank you. Thank you is a an abundance in your brain, and it releases the chemicals thereof. Please is from a place of lack and begging. Think about the reasons we say, please. Would you please pass me that? Would you oh. please do that? So when we say that in our prayers, we our brain is going, oh, you don't really believe that. And so it's this capricious God. If, if I act good enough, could you please do that today? But when you say, thank you that you're going to heal me, thank you that it, it does something completely different. That's why in the Bible it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Open your hearts with thanksgiving and your gates with praise. I'm sorry, Lord. It's gratitude. <laughs> oh I, I'm going to change a lot of things today. <laughs> my husband's going to say, would you get Stacy back on there again, please? Let's get a little reboot, right? Oh, my gosh. So does your is your family happy that you are in this career? Uh, yes. Yeah. 
I mean, you're you're helping all of them, uh-huh. right? They worry about me, but because I'm trying to save the world. <laughs> but so if, I'm saving them one smile at a time. <laughs> if you're if you're on if you watch on YouTube, she walked in in these beautiful, fabulous hot pink, pink pants, pants. <laughs> and this polka dot shirt. I mean, beautiful blouse. And she's just this ray of energy. And I knew it the minute I, I stalked you on Instagram when Liz said, you have to meet <laughs> Stacy. Oh my goodness. And you're just, you're such a pleasure. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Is COVID going, is it, I mean, I know that's a negative thought, but we're, I mean, we're going to be okay. Right? I think so. And I think the way we think about COVID is, is your game changer. Really, And if you think of it like, oh God, this is never going to end. This is never going to, you know, it, you, that's the chemicals. You're dumping mm-hmm. out those chemicals. And even for my son, you know, who was really sad. He didn't get to start junior high. Sure. He wanted to do lockers and he wanted to get his hair all cool. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Brady, but think about it. By the time you go back, they're going to have all the bugs worked out. And then everybody's going to be really glad to see each other. And it's just a, a shift. It it's like, it's like putting a, a frame on something and you can go get a frame at Walmart or you can go get an awesome one Right, and it changed. It's the, the art did not change, but it looks like it changed because of its surroundings. Absolutely. And I do think this is going to make us all more, much more aware as yeah. well, but I agree. I, it, this is going to end. I mean, oh, of course. I have enough confidence in our world. This will end. I, do, I think so too. But you are, you're right. Shifting the energy and th- the thought process for sure. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Stacy, I love you. My new girl crush. <gasps> oh my gosh. So I love much. her so much. <laughs> so, okay. Tell us how to find you. Um, they can, my Instagram is probably where I am the most and it's Stacy Danford, Stacy with an I. Um, then my website is thegratefulbrain.com. And you can sign up there for my newsletter. I, I do a weekly newsletter where I give people free tips and tricks about how to change their brain and what's going on with the world and how you can rethink it. And Oh, my goodness. What a gift. And, oh, yeah. And, th- and this next week is Unicorn Week starting um, August 24th. And it's free. It's a five-day challenge. You can sign up on my website. Go to uh, the Grateful Brain backslash unicorn. And I'm going to do five days of how to sparkle from the inside out and especially for women and how to change the way you feel about yourself, because that's where you begin to change your chemicals. If you look in the mirror every day and hate yourself, no wonder your life's not going great. Yeah. And, 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 the, and I mean, young girls right now and boys. Yeah, they need it And the so internet, bad. that the, the social media, if I would have had yeah. that, I mean, I just had my friend down the street. I mean, I well, there was not, I mean, we didn't have that. And only 4% of girls call themselves beautiful Mm-mm. four no yeah seriously mm-hmm. oh my goodness this i mean I, i'm just i'm so happy for this generation but I, this generation is probably the yeah, toughest generation hard. i can't imagine the you know just you and i at, at our age on social media yeah we it's i mean people are mean i know they are yeah i, I had know. somebody blast me yesterday and i was like wow. what yeah. you oh my gosh the happiest woman in the world <laughs> Are you joking? Who did that? I've got this. I've got this. Well, everyone, yes. Unicorn week. Next week we are in. And everyone, are you happy? Talk to Stacey Danford. Get we'll happy. see if you're happy. Get happy. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank I you just, so much. I feel like I have a lifelong friend now. And I this know. is such a great coming here for my community and my followers. And everyone, follow along on YouTube. Please go and subscribe to YouTube for me, for my so-called fabulous rate and review this, and Instagram at Tiffany C. Blackman. And everyone, be safe out there. Be happy and keep being fabulous. Have a great day.